Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. This is your Sunday night, Monday morning show. My name's Pat. I'm here with Luke. And John didn't know what time we were going to record tonight, so he's going to hop on whenever he can later on in the show. So just me and Luke to start off. Um, listen, at the top of every show, I say this is a the show about the greatest rivalry in professional sports. But when both of those teams are not in the playoffs, well, um, we can't always talk about them. So we've got a little bit of an off-season show for you tonight. going to talk about all the playoff matchups, um, news around the league, that sort of thing. We used to do that a whole lot more often than we do now. Um, so this is a little bit of a Bleacher Brawls throwback for you. Um, before we jump into that, though, I'm going to catch up with, with just Luke tonight, I suppose. Uh, catch up with him, see how he's doing. Luke, give me, as we call it, your first pitch. Uh, it's not, not in the greatest, uh, state of mind right now. The Patriots are as bad as Clayton Kershaw is in the playoffs. And that's pretty damn bad. 34 to nothing blowout to the, to the saints who aren't even good. Uh, so uh, at home in Foxborough, that's where this happened. Uh, and also my fantasy team suffering their first loss comes with a caveat. Cause I got four good players uh, on bye weeks uh, this week, and it's actually kind of a, a blessing in disguise because so I had so this week I had I am without Justin Herbert, my quarterback, Keenan Allen, and Mike Evans, two of my three receivers, and um, Najoku is Daniel Najoku. I can't remember David Najoku, my starting tight end. So I'm down four guys anyway with that the first bye week. On week four, so I wasn't expecting to win anyway. And James Conner got hurt. Justin Jefferson got hurt. So if any of this stuff and uh, Jonathan Taylor, who came back for the first for his first game of the season, didn't really do much. He, they they're easing him into things. Uh, he didn't get uh, many carries. So the fact that all of those things happened is kind of a blessing in disguise. All those things happened while I had so many guys in a bye week because I was going to lose anyway this week. So if if James Conner and um, Justin Jefferson are going to get dinged up, then it might as well come and, and not produce, then it might as well come on a, on a week where I'm not, I wasn't expecting to win anyway because I had so many players on bye weeks. So, um, you know, no big deal. Uh, just my first loss, my un- my dream of an undefeated season uh, is not coming to fruition. Uh, so as long as Justin Jefferson and James Conner aren't hurt long term, then it's fine. That's the other side of that. My team could be totally screwed if that happens. Well, I believe I'm on my way to my very first win uh, on the flip side of that. Um it's been a, a depressing weekend in this household. We'll talk about that a little bit later as I play Taylor uh, this weekend in fantasy. Yes, I have yet to receive a win. However, I would like to just remind folks, as I will do um, every Sunday until next season, that I am the fantasy baseball champion this year. I went 20-2 and two in the regular season um, and smoked everyone in the playoffs. So fantasy football, you know, not not my biggest priority right now. Just kind of kicking my feet up. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm going to be riding this wave, I think, for a good while. So you are up on her by quite a bit, but you are only projected to beat her by about five points right now. So yeah, I'm I'm that, gonna win. I'm I'm feeling good about it. Um, <laughs> it's not over at all. 
I don't think you can put all that faith in Brock Purdy. I'm sorry. I know uh, I know 49ers fans would get mad at me for saying that, but uh, I'm not so counting she's got, on them. She's got Purdy and she's got Debo yeah. going now. And she's got just started. Christian Watson tomorrow night. And Christian Watson tomorrow night. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, it will be I'm, interesting. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Oh, I'm winning. See, I, if I was in that position, I would absolutely not call it now because then I would think, <laughs> just think, all right, it's surely I will lose now. I got I, I got to have some confidence. I cannot go zero and five. The only uh, only team to yet to receive a win is Joey, who will lose again this week, and I have to at least be better than Joey. Oh yeah, it's week five, not week four, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm already kind of kicking myself with for uh, being a little too cocky at the beginning of the season because now Jefferson <laughs> got hurt with a non-contact injury. I didn't see what happened to James Conner, but he wasn't just Jefferson wasn't playing in that final drive uh, where they had a chance to tie the Chiefs. So I'm a little little nervous because Jefferson's the best player I have. So I'm a little I'm, I'm a little nervous to see what's gonna what I'm gonna hear tomorrow morning about Jeff, Justin Jefferson and James Conner. I was about to ask you why you have Russell Wilson on your team, and then I realized that's because Herbert has has the week off. So I had him anyway. I had Wilson anyway, just because I well, I, Herbert's my quarterback, and I have Matt Stafford as my backup. But we play, as you know, uh, we play with a super flex position, so you can actually start two quarterbacks. So I I like having three quarterbacks. I always like having one backup at every position. Wilson's not the best one, but there's 10 people in the league. Uh, so some scrub quarterbacks are going to be taken, assuming yeah. that everybody has three quarterbacks. So I don't love Wilson. I actually started him in the first week, at maybe the first two weeks, uh, over Matt Stafford. But I, I don't see that happening again. Um, all his luck wore out in uh, in uh, Seattle. Uh, he, was, he was the Derek Jeter of the NFL for a long time. Everything broke his way. And then he left Seattle, and uh, the mojo did not come along for the ride with him. So no, it did not. too bad he won't have a Jeter-esque career. He had a Jeter, Jeter-like career for a while. Um, you know, he's a lucky man. Uh, a lot of good things happened uh, to him right up until Malcolm Butler uh, picked him off at the goal line in in the Super Bowl, and then nothing good happened to anybody on that team ever again. <laughs> From yeah, that, that point after. Yeah, that was that was the beginning of the end. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit of uh, baseball. Um, we're going to talk each playoff matchup later on in the show. Uh, the biggest news otherwise this week is that um, Sandy Alcantara um, had Tommy John surgery a couple days ago. Um, he posted on his Instagram, with a heavy heart, I want to let everyone know I had Tommy John surgery today and will miss next season. I am most saddened for the great Marlins fans who are so supportive of me and the team this year. The drive to the playoffs was thrilling for all of us. Of course, Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young winner. Um, this is this has been on my mind a lot the, the past two days, and I'm glad you wanted to talk about it as well because I feel like there's something wrong with this sport when um, all of the best people <laughs> have to at least miss a year, like minimum, have to miss a full season, um, typically in their prime. Typically when they're on a competitive team is when it, you know, when it matters the most, you know, a 
Bautista goes down for Baltimore. Um, Alcantara goes down for Marlins team that wants to um, make a bigger push next year. Uh, uh, it's just Dominguez, of course, for uh, for the Yanks. It's getting it's getting a little out of control, <laughs> and this is something we've been talking about for a while. But it, it really feels like TJ surgeries have just kind of gone through the roof um, lately. Your thoughts on this? My first thought is I wish I I went to school to become an orthopedic surgeon because, yes, this is a boom period in uh, people who do Tommy John surgery, people who operate on ulnar collateral ligar- ligaments. I think that's what they're called. Uh, it, it just business is a booming. And it's funny the way you say that. There's something wrong with the sport when all the people who are the best at it are getting – are getting injured just by doing that thing. Imagine what would happen in the NFL if everybody who ran really fast was just eventually you would just, just while running a non contact injury was bound to happen. Like you will blow out your knee just by running really, really fast in a straight line. Uh, Cause this is what these guys do. They, they are trained from childhood to throw baseballs really hard and really accurately. And, and you throw the we've talked about this on the show before but if you if you look at a slow motion image of a pitcher's arm there's a whole lot of violent kind of nause- nauseating stuff happening in a pitcher's arm when they're throwing a baseball it's not a healthy thing to do with your body and now that as time has gone on pitchers have thrown faster and faster. And it used to be a couple relievers would be able to touch a hundred on the radar gun. And it was a really big deal. And now you got starting pitchers throwing a hundred miles an hour in the first inning and in the fifth inning, and still throwing a hundred miles an hour in the fifth inning. And it's killing these guys' careers. And it's, I think we have reached, we're, we're reaching a watershed moment in Major League Baseball history where teams are going to have to start targeting starting pitchers that don't throw hard and bring it back to stop this progression through this, which is, a, I mean, it's a metal ceiling, really, because it's going, it's gone too far. They're throwing too hard and it's, it's, not it's bad for their bodies and it's this didn't happen when the average major league starting pitch was throwing 94 95 uh probably more like the average probably in the 80s the average starting pitch was probably throwing more like 92 93 and only a couple guys threw harder like the doc goodens of the world would maybe hit 96 once in a while uh i think if i was running a major league baseball team First thing I would do is hire Heim Bloom to be my general manager or pr- president of baseball operations or chief baseball officer. Excuse me, Derek. The second thing I would do is I would get all of my pitching scouts into a room and I would say, here is our mission statement. We have to, our mission should be to find the next Greg Maddox, the next Tom Glavin, the next Andy Pettit, the next Jamie Moyer, the next Tim Wakefield. Got, seek out guys who can throw the ball with great movement and great command and prioritize the development of your starting pitching on those traits and not go looking for the guy who can 
blow blow hitters away with smoke because that is a time bomb. A hundred mile an hour fastball is a time bomb when your plan is to throw eighty plus pitches every five days uh, during the baseball season. Uh, those guys, the the guys with the great movement and command that throw ninety three, let's say, I think in a few years those are going to be the most coveted pitchers in the world. Um, you can target, you can still target hard throwers for bullpen roles, you know, get that closer who can blow that hundred mile an hour fastball by anybody. Uh, but it's too risky to have a flamethrower starting pitcher throwing a hundred miles an hour. You can't throw that hard for that long without getting hurt. And yeah, pitchers have always gotten Tommy John surgery ever since Tommy John had the first one. Uh, but it's we're obviously reaching critical mass here with these pitchers. You named some you named some pitchers. You even named Dominguez, who's an outfielder who probably throws a hundred miles an hour from center field to the plate. Um, but to name a few more, these are all re- guys who have recently had Tommy John surgery. Jacob DeGrom. Um, Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glass now, Shohei Otani needs it, and he already had it a few years ago, I'm pretty sure. James Paxton, Chris Sale, now Sandy Alcantara. Nathan Avaldi, I think, had has had two Tommy John surgeries. Garrett Whitlock, uh, has, I think, has had two Tommy John surgeries. I think he had his first when he was like 16 years old. They're all blowing their UCLs, and it's, it's just... It, I was thinking it when Alcantara was dominating the National League last year. I I, I wonder when this guy's elbow is going to snap. And it happened a year later. He had he was not that he was not nearly as good this year as he was last year and you find out, well, why did that happen? Cuz his UCL was trashed and now he's got to get it fixed and he's going to miss a year and I don't know if they paid. Did they pay Alcantara yet? I don't know if they paid him um yet at all, but it's just He'll be back in a year, and he'll probably be better than ever because that's what happens with Tommy John surgery. But you're losing a year of this guy. I feel like the Marlins probably feel like they have been set back a year now. He signed through 2026, looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, so still his rookie deal, right? Pretty much. Uh, all the guys you named, I would want to throw Liam Hendricks in there as well. Um, but that's also like just the stars of major league baseball. There are countless single a double a triple a guys who, who are experiencing this as well. Um, at MLB player analysis, but it's not analysis. It's just a N a L Y S. Cause I think they ran out of letters. Um, keeps a list of everyone who has Tommy John surgery. And they also keep a list, which I find even more interesting is the amount of players on each roster who have had it before. So, for example, the Dodgers have used 15 pitchers this year who at some point in time have had Tommy John surgery. Wow. And that is, they're the top, but that they're not alone. Reds, 14. Yankees, 14. White Sox, 13. Tigers, 13. Rays, 13. Rangers, 13. Uh, Red Sox, 12. It goes all the way down to the lowest. You have Houston, Kansas City, and Philly, each at six, which that's low numbers and that's still six guys who had to sit out an entire professional season and have a major surgery um because because there are like the, we we have the sport has exceeded the ability of the human body and i don't think that that's true of basically any other sport you know like you think something like uh the 100 yard dash right like the human body 
you can sort of track the evolution of of athleticism through how fast people have run the hundred yard dash, right? Mm-hmm. This sport has just completely bypassed what the human body is is capable of doing. You got to think, you know, a hundred years ago, guys were throwing like forty six miles an hour, and they were like <laughs> the studs of the league. <laughs> you know, they, those were the guys that pitched, you know, every game. Uh, pitch six days a week, that kind of thing. And now like there's, we, we cannot even come close to keeping up to what the sport demands. So that, li- that website that showed pitchers who have pitched on every team this season. Those are just pitchers who have pitched this season and who have had Tommy John surgery at some point. Yeah. So like, for example, just a couple of names wow. from the Dodgers. Daniel Hudson, Ryan Brazier, our, Walker our old Bueller. friend Lance Lynn, Shelby Miller, uh, Noah Syndergaard. These guys have all had it at some point. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the, Ray, the Rays number feels kind of low. I feel like they've had 13 guys have Tommy John surgery <laughs> like in the last two seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess well, those guys haven't pitched. So they've been recovering <laughs> That's true. from Tommy That's John true. surgery. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's not it's not a good way to like your career depends on this and you're just you're you're just playing with fire. And yeah, usually you come back stronger and able to do it. But it it just it's bad for you lose a year of of uh, development. You lose a year of earning potential. I mean, yes, you're still getting paid by the team. You're still under contract while you're having that surgery done. But you know, you're, you're not developing as a pitcher. It's a year. It's, it's another year. Once you come back, it's like, you know, the next time your next contract is due is up. There's always the question. Well, he had Tommy John surgery. He had Tommy John surgery three years ago. How much longer is it going to be until he happens again? Is he a wise investor? Yeah. Yeah, Let's give him a three year. Let's offer him a three year deal instead of a five year deal. Um, so yeah. That's what I would do. I just and if I've always said this, I I tell this to everybody who listens. If I don't have a son, I have two girls. If I had a son, I would train him. I would tell him, all right, you're going to grow up playing soccer. And on the weekends and after school, when you don't have soccer practice, I'm taking you to the the football field and we're going to kick field goals. And this kid would be kicking field goals every single day because nobody is working on learning how to kick field goals at six, seven, eight years old. You're going to be that kid who is just awesome at that. And you're going to get, you're going to get a free ride at college because you're going to be the best field goal kicker in the nation. And you're going to get a job where you make half a million dollars a year kicking field goals for the, for the Tennessee Titans or whoever. Now I think dads who have sons, get your kid, teach your kid how to throw a knuckleball. Do it now and just don't stop doing that. Let him don't never cut his fingernails and just have him learn that pitch. Do that one thing. And because you're if you teach your kid to do that, he's going to be he's going to be able to make a damn fine living throwing a ball 70 miles an hour. And he's never going to have Tommy John surgery. He's going to have a career like Tim Wakefield. God rest his soul. Pitch 20 years at the major league level. Uh, retire uh, a rich man that is well loved by all his peers. Hey, John. Hey, what's going on, guys? Sorry. What are I'm you doing here? Late. I didn't know you were on the schedule for today. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, apparently it's my day off, but I'm so dedicated that here I am. Um, it's my hour off anyway. So yeah, the, you guys decided to throw me a curveball and sabotage me and change the time. Um, uh, yeah, well, we so, weren't going to yeah. throw a fastball at you because we'd tear, we'd blow out our UTLs. <laughs> oh, Not the dad jokes. Uh, John, you came just in time. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk each. Uh, division series so you came just in time to to make your picks and your predictions um i want to start with the one that is uh most pressing in this household in my in my baltimore household which is the orioles rangers series you know as we all know as any baseball fan knows there's a very unique sadness and a very unique hollowness to seeing your baseball team um, lose a playoff series. There's something very, um, I don't know the, the finality of that, the long season, I think it is. And, and they play every single day and, and you just feel like you're with these guys, um, for a very long time. And then when it comes to an end, it, it's, it's quite a unique, devastating feeling. And that is happening in this household right now as, as Taylor, who I've completely lost to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, is, is very sad this evening as they've gone down 2-0 to the Rangers. Yeah, I think the Rangers have found the holes in the Orioles, and that is primarily a bullpen um, that is now without Felix Bautista and can't particularly keep up otherwise. They're a very young team, very inexperienced team, and they're now going to head to Texas um, with Texas only needing one more win. Uh, John, I'll go to you first. The AL East has yet to win a playoff game. Will they win one? Or uh, is Texas going to complete this sweep? I'd like to think so. So I'll say they they catch at least one in Texas. They should go down swinging. Um, You know, it's a big loss for Baltimore. or It's going to be a big loss for Baltimore unless they pull out some kind of, you know, miracle win. But... I think this is a team that's going to look, they look stacked. They're probably going to be back here again next year. So it's good playoff experience. If they could win a game, just even that one extra quote, taking it from three games to four games, I think that would just, it's just an extra game of playoff experience. And I think it's going to help this team grow because this team looks like it has a very bright window over the next couple of years. I mean, realistically, they're not going to sustain it because, you know, ownership is what it is. If, um, Pat, you've elaborated on it quite well on uh, a recent article on bleacherbrawls.com. Uh, so I hope they win. I hope they take it as far as they can because I think this is a team, despite being the AL East, I've never really hated the Baltimore Orioles. You know, like I love the Yankees, my favorite team. Way, way down here as the second favorite team is the San Francisco Giants. Then there is the Baltimore Orioles, who I don't hate. And then after that, every other baseball team I'm at either apathetic to or just hate. So uh, the Baltimore Orioles, for whatever reason, since I was a kid, never really hit the apathetic or hate level. So I'd love to see them do well. And that's a fan base, kind of like you said, alluded to Taylor going down pretty hard uh, with this loss. It really was not, I'm sure um, it stinks. Like you mentioned, you know, I'm as a Yankees fan, I'm quite used to uh, playoff losses, but that's a city that does deserve some winning in baseball. Anyway, you know, I don't think they deserve any more winning in football, but they do deserve a little bit of winning in baseball. So Luke. 
the well serves Taylor right for just turning her back on the Red Sox because the Orioles are doing well. So good. <laughs> but uh, I and I'll answer like John said, oh, for some reason, I never really I, I was just more apathetic to the Orioles or I, I never hated them. But it's I mean, it's obvious because they were never you never worried about them because you knew that your team was going to finish above theirs just about every season, you know, once in a while they make a playoff run and then, but you know, they were just, they were, they were it was never going to work out. And this year it looks like it's turned around unless the Angelos family, Angelos is around with it, just starts trading guys. Uh, I, I could see it happen. I mean, there's everybody there is, and has a controllable contract. Like who makes the most Santander? And it's not even that much. Uh, but if they, if they can keep this team together for a few years, then yes, they're going to have a, a realistic window. But it just doesn't – it's not – and I said this uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, when we were talking about the Orioles' prospects in the playoffs. They have a lack of playoff experience. How many playoff games – how many career playoff games are on that roster? And I, it could be zero. I can't think of one person on that team – who may have been to the playoffs before. And it's just, it's a different animal. And I, maybe some guys were tensing up uh, uh, and they just, they just weren't ready for October baseball. They're a very good team. They figured out how to do really well over 162 games, but I mean, they, they just, this is how you learn. This is how you get better by getting, by getting stomped on, by getting your face stomped on in the playoffs by uh, a team with, and the, the Rangers are a pretty young team, too, but they have more experience than the Orioles do. Uh, they have guys like Seager and Simeon uh, who have been there before. So it's just, I mean, you see things like uh, that that pitcher. I can't remember his first name. That guy who came in in the third, uh, Baker on the Orioles. He comes Brian. in. Brian Baker. Comes in, he walks three guys, and he gets the hook. And then the, ne- the next pitcher comes in, and... Um, who is it? Uh, the Garver hits the grand slam. Like it's, it's tough. It's, it's, I'm sure you, it's hard to not tense up and be like, Oh man, I better not screw up. We're already losing right now. And it's just, I think you got to go through those. It's very rare. A player just bursts onto the scene his first time in October and just tears it up. And the Orioles don't have anybody that go-to guy to just try and calm everybody down or to carry them on his back because he has the experience. They'll be. Yeah. That's the thing I'm always kind of skeptical of when you, when you say like, well, this team's more experienced. I mean, every, every pre-show that's all that A-Rod's been talking about is, well, I like the more experienced team. And obviously he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the playoffs, but you know, I've always been kind of skeptical of that. We're like, yeah, well the better team's the better team. Right. Well, not necessarily when you watch a game like today's when um, everybody on this Orioles squad looks very nervous and every pitch means a whole hell of a lot and and they're they're just kind of dancing around things. Well, you've got a Rangers team who obviously it's it's easy to be in a good mood when you're walloping the other team, but an, a Rangers team that is just super cool hanging out. Um, not every single pitch is not stressing them out to this degree. And that's where you go like, oh, that's that's that thing that's not in in the box score. Like that's the thing that you can't, um, you know, uh, 
uh, use stats for or, or, or analyze. Like that's something that you just have to kind of live. And then they go to Texas in two days and they face Nathan Ovaldi, who has a 2.9 playoff ERA in his career. And uh, obviously Red Sox fans know that well. And really in his career, only one bad, I would call one bad playoff appearance. Um, and so it, I think it's it's pretty much over now. You can't give up 11 runs and expect to win a ball game. And so, uh, yeah, this is unfortunately the beginning of the end for this season. But as John alluded to, I think that they're going to be they're going to be good for a while. So, um, yeah, that that experience now I think will help them next year. Yeah, getting stomped in these in this, which I think it will be a sweep. Getting stomped in these three games is going to be incredibly good uh, for this team. I agree. Let's talk about um, we have uh, the Twins and the Astros. That game is going on right now. I don't have a score update. I'm checking it as we speak. Um, the Twins are up 3-0. Astros win the first game um, to take the series 1-0. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like I'm surprised the Twins even made it out of the first round. Good for them. This is a team that in any playoff structure that makes any sense, wouldn't have even made the playoffs. Um, and so good for them for making it this far, but they're facing a dynasty that, you know, doesn't really have any, um, any plans on slowing down. And so, um, yeah, they're up three Oh right now, but, uh, this is a, a very good Houston team and has been for a long time. John Houston is trying to, uh, make their league record seventh consecutive, championship series are they going to do it unfortunately i'm sure they will because even if houston start i mean even if minnesota starts to take an advantage uh houston's just going to cheat their way back into it i hate this team it just it disgusts me that here they are again one of the last teams standing likely going to the world series because i they're probably they look like the best team um even if they don't even if they by some chance choose not to cheat they're probably going to still, um, you know, still make it to the World Series. So it stinks. I hate this team. And yesterday, Saturday, you have, um, you know, first game of the ALDS. You have Houston playing. You have Texas Rangers playing. And nobody cared. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, you had the Red River shootout, which our Red River rivalry game going on. You had Baylor playing TCU. Uh a&M was playing Alabama. Like, nobody – I was around Texas, you know, all day yesterday. Or obviously, I was watching the Red River shootout, but or Red River rivalry. But anytime I was outside, I didn't see a single Houston Astros hat. I didn't see a single Texas Rangers T-shirt. It was all football. Nobody cared. They're fake fans. They don't deserve it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see Houston back here again. And once again, I'm rooting for the National League. So yeah, this playoff series, I hate this season. This season is horrible. <laughs> the playoffs suck. Like I just I can't enjoy any of this. I don't even like any of the National League teams, so I want to see them all lose too. But yeah, this is terrible. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan Luke, Montgomery is doing well. Jordan Montgomery yeah, is he he's the next Yankee. Yeah, another reason good. why Cashman should be fired. You know, I said <laughs> that was a terrible trade. <laughs> Of course, you you've got some editing to do today. You got to go into the archives and switch, swap some stuff around to erase the evidence to the contrary. 
And I agree with John uh, that the Astros are going to. This is just a, a regular Tuesday at the office for them. Even down three nothing, you're they're up one zero in the ALDS, and they're down three nothing to the Twins. They're just. They're just chilling. They don't care right now. I mean, they they know they're gonna win. The Twins. It's the same story as the Orioles. And I know I said it with when we're. I said it when we we're talking about the Rangers. Uh, just uh, they have some guys. You know, they have Evaldi and Montgomery and uh, Seager. They have guys, a few guys who have playoff experience, and that gives them the edge over the Orioles because they don't have any playoff experience. The Astros have probably have more playoff experience on that team than. Any other team that's ever been in a division series. I think if somebody looked that up, they would find that. There's like 10,000 games of playoff experience on the Houston Astros. And the Twins are just, these guys are just happy to be here. They're like looking around like Kyle Farmer. Is that his first name? He hit a uh, farmer. He he hit a home run uh, today uh, a little while ago. He's just like, wow, isn't this cool? I'm in the playoffs. I just hit a home run in the playoffs. And Jordan Alvarez hit two, uh, yes, last night, and they were his like thirty seventh and thirty eighth uh, career postseason home runs, and he's only been in the league like four years. Um, the Twins don't have a chance. The Astros are the Astros. They're LeBron James. They're like you know. Talk to me when we're in the final four. Talk to me when we're in the ALCS, and you know then maybe I'll start to. You know, I'll start to get worried if we fall in a hole. And Jordan Alvarez is David Ortiz. He's the he's he might smash all of David Ortiz's records. He's just that dude who was just born to hit in October. I think that's one thing that's so crazy about this Astros team is like they didn't even win the division to the last day of the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it was almost like they were just sort of apathetic towards it. Like it, it like. Oh, we're gonna have to play in the wild card series. Okay, whatever. We'll just be that team too. Like they weren't, they they didn't really care what happened. And then it, you know Texas kind of blew it and worked out for them. Um, but yeah, I mean this is gonna be. I think I think this is a pretty easy uh, Texas based ALCS. But it was literally yeah they were scuffling at the end of the season and then what was it the first pitch? Altuve's like, all right, all right, let's let's start playing now. Home run. <laughs> and the twins were probably all just looking at each other like, yeah, we're well, here we are. <laughs> like, don't act like you didn't know this was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Um, speaking of it was fun while it lasted, the Diamondbacks just embarrassed the Dodgers yesterday. I mean, Clayton Kershaw looked I I don't even <clears throat> I don't have the words to describe it. He looked truly terrible. He only gets one out. He gives up six runs as Arizona just runs away with it. Um, they play again tomorrow because for some reason the National League gets like a day off in between the games, which seems like a weird, unfair advantage, but whatever. Um, Luke, I'll go to you first on this one. Uh, we got the NL West showdown. It, does Arizona stand a chance? They've, they've got one game up on them. I think this is, and I know this goes contrary to what I was saying before, because the Diamondbacks, the team that doesn't have the the playoff experience, really. But in this case, I do think the Diamondbacks are going to win. I know it's easy to say when they're up one game to none, but what are the Dodgers going to counter with? Clayton Kershaw is like, I think it's time for the David Price comparisons, because he is just. 
I don't understand how somebody can be so good every year until they get to the playoffs and you got all this experience and then it just it's it's without fail. He gets to the playoffs and he blows. And I, I just don't get it. And with him down again, that's got to be deflating for the Dodgers. You're Mookie Betts. You're standing in uh, right field, and you're just seeing this happen. You're seeing your ace g- going out there, your lo- longest tenured, uh, your longest tenured teammate, give up six runs before he can get out is out of the game before he can get out number two in the first inning. And you, I'm sorry, you just, Luke. Uh, you're Mookie Betts, and you're standing at second base because that's what you play now. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's second. He's a second now, isn't he? Whoops. Because he's just um, an infielder now. <laughs> my bad. Um, but and and you're just like, like, wow. And the 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 Dodgers do have a monkey on their back because they only have that fake 2020 championship, and and everyone's expecting them uh, to to do it finally. And they they seem like they're good enough to, but you got everything that happened with um with uh Julio Urias. And you, you don't have him anymore. You probably never have him again, I hope. Um, and then you got – and then Kershaw does this. What do you got left? What are you going to go to after that? Uh, you know, um, Mill, Bobby Miller and Tony Gonsolin and Michael Grove, I don't think they can compete uh, with the pitchers that the Diamondbacks are going to throw at you, like Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, and um, I guess their third pitcher is going to be Brandon Fott. Who is this? Is the dumbest name. How do you not change your name? If it, if your name is spelled P F A A D T, there is nothing about that name that is right. Nothing about it. No two letters match. When do you ever see a double A? When do you see an F after a P? And when do you see a T after a D? Uh, but that's completely beside the point. But yeah, I don't think the Dodgers pitchers can match up with uh, the Diamondbacks pitcher. So I think that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. I'm going to catch as much of that as I can. John, uh, right now, Clayton Kershaw has a 162 ERA. And and Luke says that uh, playoff ERA, that is. And and Luke says that he likes the D-backs pitchers. How do you feel? Uh, I actually I'm going with the Dodgers on this one, and that's because of the lineup. I think the Dodgers lineup is stacked. Uh, you, you know, Mookie Betts, if he played for my team, I would never ever let him leave. You know, he's like an Aaron Judge type player. But Me neither. I think the Dodgers, yeah, and the Dodgers. I think that lineup is it's better. There is more experience. I think got Freddie Freeman too, right? I don't even think he's been mentioned yet in this conversation. Um, J.D. Martinez, another guy you guys like that's having a, a pretty good uh, resurgent year. So I think this lineup can probably. I don't think this. I don't think this series is going to be about pitching. I think this lineup is going to out hit the Diamondbacks lineup. Um, and just I think there's more experience, more veterans there. Again, the Diamondbacks are coming in to get to look like there's another team that might have a, a window coming up. They look like a good young talented team, but they don't have the playoff experience. I know they just stole one in game one. I think the Dodgers lineup comes back and just beats up on that pitching staff. And this series, I don't think is going to be about pitching. Um, You know, we'll get in further down the road. I think the next series, the NLDS would be about pitching where the Dodgers would run into a problem. But for today, this series, I still think the Dodgers just overall with that lineup, they're going to be able to force their way into the next, uh, into the NLDS. I think they do get past 
the Diamondbacks. So they might this time next year. It's maybe a completely different story uh, as the Diamondbacks get their playoff experience too. I don't think we can overlook the Diamondbacks lineup, though. I mean, they don't, they don't have many guys that are well-known, but Cattell Marte is really good, and Christian Walker is really good, and Corbin Carroll is going to be unanimous Rookie of the Year, and Lourdes Gurriel, who I think most people forget that he's on the, the Diamondbacks now. They probably think he retired when he left Toronto because, I mean, the Diamondbacks get no get very little coverage. But they, they have a really good lineup, and the Dodgers lineup is, I mean, it's really, the top of it is really good, but I mean, they're kind of top-heavy. I mean, you know Jason Hayward is on their team and gets significant playing time? Um, but, yeah, I just think they can't overcome, they can't overcome the pitching. That's the, the freaking Tommy John surgery. If they had Walker Bueller right now, it would be like, yeah, they can go through it. But they don't have any pitchers behind Kershaw to 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 back him up when he sucks the way he sucked Wait, in game one. Is Lance Lynn or uh, still pitching for them? Yeah, yeah. So you got there's Lance Lynn, right? He came on strong down the stretch, seven and two. Oh, that's a four thirty six ERA with a seven and two record. All right, well, yeah, maybe that's uh, a little bit more questionable than I thought. I will be uh, be rooting for the Dodgers and uh, my guy Joe Kelly. All right, let's talk about. On wait, the other wait, side. I thought you were. I thought you liked the Diamondbacks. Like not like Derek liked the Diamondbacks, but didn't you go to a game out there I in just, Arizona? I just have family in Arizona, so I just went to a game. Uh, <laughs> all right, I must have misunderstood that, or just don't remember. I mean, I can't remember what time we start recording. I guess I'm not gonna remember Pat's trip to Arizona. Derek and I did. You might be Derek and I did write a piece about how serious are the Diamondbacks. You might be conflating those two things. Um, no there big. There you go, Joe. Joe Kelly, by the way, uh, immaculate grid Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> just. He go. You can put him in just about every game. He has played everywhere. Um, okay. The other side, the battle of the NL East, the Braves, the Phils. Um, everyone thought it would be a Braves sort of. I don't know. I don't know if everyone thought it'd be a Braves runaway, but a lot of people picking the Braves. Well, they uh, they get blanked in game one. Phils win three nothing. Spencer Strider takes the loss. Um, Luke, I'll go to you first to get on this one. Phil's Braves. What do you think? Um, I got the Phillies and I, I think the Phillies are just a special team. Uh, that, that group of guys, just, you see the way they play. You see, like they, I don't know if either of you guys watched the game last night, but it looked like that it was three, nothing. The Braves, uh, got, something going they had runners on first and third i think maybe first and second and um i forget who was hitting but he, oh, it was albies hit a smash up the middle and trey turner just made a nasty full extension diving stop six four three double play it's just they, they're making all of those play. they're getting the they get the big hits it, it happened last year too they get the big hits when it matters they make the big plays when it matters they get the big strikeout when it matters um, they're my new pick to win the World Series this year, actually. Um, Dave Dombrowski really did put them over the top. He didn't build that team from the ground up. That's not what he does, but he put them over the top. Uh, the Trey Turner contract is awful, but 
in Dave Dombrowski world, it you know, it's just it's just like he's playing the video game. Like, yeah, I'll sign him to an 11 year deal because I'm not going to be playing this game by the time I finish two seasons anyway anymore. So who cares? What's that matter to me? Um, he has and he he signed that one contract, which they will regret. The Phillies fans will hate in five or six years, but he hasn't really sabotaged the the Phillies the way he did to the Red Sox and he made the acquisitions that he needed to make like he did for the Red Sox in 2018 he made the acquisitions he needed to make to put them over the top that's why they're going to win the World Series this year I mean a lot of that Phillies team is already in place but Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Jose Alvarado and Brandon Marsh he brought those guys in they were missing guys like those to fill those kind of roles and they're 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 a great team. They're a great team to watch, and you see them. They they have each other's backs, and they do that. I hate that they do the marbles thing from Major League Two now. Whenever they get a big hit, everybody in the dugout does that thing because I hated that movie um, because of what it did to the to the memory of Major League One. Um, but they, they they just they get into it and they get pumped up and they like each other they like playing with each other they're a really fun team to watch um, so yeah the Phillies are gonna beat the Braves what they, the Braves hadn't been shut out since May since mid May and then Philly they play one game with the Phillies a team that's known for their offense way more than their pitching and Wheeler I think it was Wheeler last night just shuts them out it wasn't Wheeler it was Nola I think it's Wheeler tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got Wheeler and Freed tomorrow. Um, but yeah, and and if they do the knock off the Braves, and all of a sudden the Braves are like they did win the World Series already, so I guess they get a couple years grace period. But then it becomes like, what's what's wrong with these Braves? Why can't they should be making the World Series? And they get knocked out of the first series that they play the last two years. It's a big disappointment. John. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I don't like the city of Philly. I, there's no the Braves just won, so I don't really want to see them win again. I do think, kind of like Luke mentioned, that this Philly team does look something like they do look like they're something special. Though I think they could potentially make a run, and if if Atlanta doesn't, like Luke said again, like I hate to agree with Luke on two different points, but if Atlanta doesn't make it to the World Series, it's going to start looking kind of like a failure because this team, I thought all season, was probably the best team in the National League. And if uh, Philly kind of surpasses them, to me that is a letdown for Atlanta. They kind of might have – I do consider that a failure. Um, And if Dombrowski wins, hopefully he just, you know, gets out of there and goes on to his next job, which I hope would be the New York Yankees because all that – guy does is win uh one of the greatest general managers of all time maybe that's why they haven't fired cashman yet they're waiting (laughs) until dombrowski it it blows up with dombrowski hoping that it'll happen next year wait till he shoots his way out of philly and then they'll be able to scoop him up i'll take it (laughs) he can only hope right um yeah i mean i before this uh before this series i I, I went Orioles, Astros, Dodgers, Braves, which sounds easy because um, on paper those were all the better teams. At least they were, you know, the higher seeds, better regular seasons uh, against all each opponents. And it kind of sounds easy to be like, well, you're picking the better team, and sometimes that's because they're the better team. You know, um, they were the better team for a reason. It looks as though I was wrong about this Orioles squad, but 
I'm still sticking with the Braves here. I just think that they're better. They're they're the more complete team. Um, you want to talk about Astros dynasty? The Braves are in the midst of that right now. Um, I mean, they're they're losing guys and and replacing them like it's nothing. Um, they have you know uh, the MVP on their team, um, a great rotation. I'm not I'm not counting them out after one game. Um, they got blanked. It hasn't happened since May. It's not going to happen again. Um, and they're the better team. And well, for the Orioles, and I shouldn't. I mean, they're they're not out of it. They're not necessarily out of it. And if the Twins lose tonight, they're not necessarily out of it because going down two zero in the division series is not like going down three zero in a seven game series, where it's like virtually impossible to ever come back. Because a lot of teams have done that. The Red Sox did it twice. They did it in ninety five. I get no ninety nine against the Indians, and they did in 2003 against uh, the A's. Um, I don't know if – I think the Yankees did it. might have did it to the Twins one year too. It could be wrong about that. Um, but I don't know if anybody's ever done it losing the first two games at home and then winning the next two games on the road uh, to bring it to the game five at home again. But um, I, it, it's, not, it's not nearly as insurmountable as doing it in a seven-game series. I in no way am in advocating for seven game series. I think the playoffs are already long enough, but there is a part of me that goes like, I don't know if five games is as like decisive in the sport of baseball as we like want to pretend that it is. I mean, we saw that in the wild card series last week, it's a three game series. We say every, every um, series was a sweep, but really that just meant that every team won two days in a row. I mean, that's not really that definitive. I feel similarly wishy-washy about a five-game series. I think that there's a reason why we came up with the number seven, why 100 years ago we agreed on the number seven, because I think that that is representative of, of who's the better team. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't know. 2-0 and then flying to Texas. That's And facing Evaldi, and we're going back to that series. But that's that's a tough one. Yeah, I, this, I fully agree. Five, seven, seven, and less days off. Like enough with all the days off and dragging this out. If you're going to drag out the postseason, then you might as well be playing games if you're going to drag it out. The I felt like that about the wild card game when it was just a one wild card game. Like we're gonna we're gonna base a season, <laughs> we're gonna base a playoff series on one that game. Was like at least insane like, though. Like at least that was just like right. a complete bonkers idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people loved it. Yeah. It was like a you know, like a shot of adrenaline. Every pitch was like a shot of adrenaline, yeah. like a, a built in game seven right away. Yeah. Like, you know, which is pretty which is it was it was really exciting, but I just felt like you know, when the Red Sox were in it right up until the game started because Bogarts at the home run in the first inning, I was like, I hate this. This is way too tense. Like, this is not in the spirit of baseball. It never bit the Red Sox in the ass, but it was like, you know, I like five games, though, because it was, I mean, they, they were having five game. The league championship series was five games until like, like uh, 84, 85, something like that. So, I mean, they've been doing five game series for a long time. Um, I love two out of three series though. I, I do love that. I just, I wish it was the better team had two game, the first two games at home. And then if it goes to a third game, I like the idea of the other team having, I like the idea of each team getting a game 
if it goes that far. Like not all of them being at one team's home field. Does any is anybody does anybody think that the lack of the layoff because I've seen I'm seeing people say that oh the Orioles had to sit on their butts for five games because they got the bye week acting like the five days off is not an advantage. Do either of you feel that way? Like this is like you know te- teams are being penalized because they're getting five games off five days off and they're going in cold. No, that's a huge advantage. After a 162 game season, you get five days off. You get to reset your rotation. Um, you get to be at home. I mean, no, that's that's you can't ask for anything better than that. All right, good. You're muted. You're muted, John. You're muted. You're muted. Any, uh, anybody that uh, says that clearly does not understand the game of baseball because that is, like Pat said, 162 games and you get five days off. And you have you can get yourself up after five games to say that you can't, that it's just going to kill your momentum. It's just foolish. And the other ridiculous thing that I've saw, I only saw it on Twitter, which is, you know, the, the bastion of a lack of common sense, but... I saw somebody blaming all of these Tommy John surgeries on the pitch clock, saying that pitchers are ha- have to work faster now, and that's why all these starting pitchers are getting injured. It's not because they're all throwing 103 miles an hour now. Jeez. Anyway, let's wrap it there. Um, okay, folks, you get a little bit of an idea of how the Sunday show is going to be. We're still going to talk Sox and Yanks, but you know, when there's stuff to talk about... Um, hasn't been really in either camp recently, and and the baseball world is all looking at at the playoffs. So we're going to be doing that for a while as well. Going to have one midweek show going forward that's going to come out Wednesday mornings. It's going to be kind of like this one where we talk both teams. It's going to be a, a combined crew, both Sox and Yanks guys, and each of us are going to kind of appear on that show um, as the off season goes on. So that's what you're looking at this offseason. Monday shows and Wednesday shows. Best way to follow along with us is to rate us five stars, leave us a nice review, and hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice. So even as the schedule changes, you don't have to worry about it. The, the notification will just show up on your phone, and you'll know that we've dropped a new episode. Um, other places you can find us, bleacherbrawls.com. We've mentioned it a lot over this episode. Sox stuff, Yanks stuff, between the lines stuff, lots of fun stuff going on over there. Also, a little bit chilled out. Um, for the postseason and offseason as we ourselves um, get our workouts in, take our golf trips, take our boating trips, and prepare uh, for next season. Uh, Twitter, you can find all of our Twitters in the description of this episode. Anywhere you find things, uh, you can find Bleacher Brawls. I'm going to log off for these guys. So uh, not only did we do under 60, we did it under 55. Can you believe it? Um, We also didn't have John for the first 15 minutes. Uh, My name is Pat. For Luke, for John, Uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time.